Last week we just went through one of the biggest holidays that we celebrate, and that's Christmas time. And uh, we had a great time preparing and, and getting ready for family to come in or to travel to family and just to do different things. And you, all of you probably experienced the same thing. Uh, just a busy time of the year where we uh, do things in preparation. And so uh, this morning I want to talk to you about doing some things that we can prepare for. And one of the next biggest holidays, at least for us and our family, is next week. We'll celebrate turning over that calendar and we'll go into 2014. And so for us, we'll get together and uh, we'll, we'll have some folks over if, if we have some friends that would join us. Normally, this is what we do. And we'll watch that countdown on TV. We don't go out and uh, go to Atlanta or anything like that. Some of you may do that, and that's great. But for us, I like staying at home and, and safe and sound, watching it on TV. But we'll prepare for that countdown, and we'll watch it. And this year, we actually we went to Tennessee and picked up some fireworks, and so we're going to shoot those off and then run and hide so that the police don't <laughs> come and get us. James, how are you, brother? Good to see you back there. <laughs> <clears throat> oh man. But the other thing that we do on New Year's is a New Year's resolution. Everybody tries to make them. One of the, one of the biggest ones that I do is uh, trying to lose weight. Um, the older I've gotten, the harder it seems to get. But losing weight is something that a lot of us do. The other thing may be exercising, uh, talking to somebody that actually goes to church here about lifting weights this week. And so uh, you know, weight training, eating healthy, all those kind of things are what we like to talk about as we turn that calendar over and we go into the 2014 year. And we do that every year, year after year. And what I want to do this morning is give you some things, some nuggets, I guess, out of God's Word that you can take with you and take them for New Year's and make them a resolution that you will commit to and is on the biblical side of things. And so I hope that you'll take notes this morning, uh, I encourage you to take out a sheet of paper and grab your pen or pencil so that you can jot down these characteristics that we see in two individuals that we're going to talk about in God's Word. These two folks play an important role in, in uh, the life of Christ, and I think a lot of times they get overlooked because of where they're found in Luke chapter 2. And so we're going to talk about two individuals, Simeon and Anna. And I want to give you, like I said, some characteristics that you can take with you when you leave today and you can apply them to your life. And you can say, okay, you know, use them as a checklist, however you want to use them, however the Lord shows you to use them. But God's Word is powerful, it's true, it's living, and I think it's important that we take and glean from this text this morning some things that we can use in our own life. And so turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. 25 through 38 is where we're going to start. And just kind of hold your finger there and let's join our hearts together as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, it is uh, an awesome privilege to stand and, and just to preach your truth. Uh, God, I don't take it lightly. And so, Father, I pray that, that you would move me out of the way as, as we look at Simeon and Anna and we look at their characteristics, their attributes that they have in their life. Oh, Lord, we can take them and, and apply them to our life. And, and maybe, Lord, at the conclusion of this service, I pray that we'll make commitments and, and not just worry about the physical aspect of losing weight or 
trying to manage time or getting healthy. Not that those things aren't important, but God, that we'll take what the Word of God says and, and apply some spiritual things to our life that will help us to become more like you. Lord, thank you again for this privilege. I pray that you will anoint this time and this hour, that, God, you will be glorified in all that's said and done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's stand, if you would, and we're going to read this text. Let me give you a little bit of history about it. Um, Luke 2, as I said, is the famous text where most churches preach it around Christmas time and uh, it talks about the birth of Christ. So Jesus had been born, and he was with his family now, Mary and Joseph. They were traveling to Jerusalem, and they were carrying him to Jerusalem so that he could be consecrated in the temple. And so Jesus is on this journey with his parents. They're coming into the temple. They're obeying the law of the land. They're basically doing what they're supposed to do. And they're going to offer their firstborn and let him be brought to the, the priest there. And that's part of what they're doing, just, just obeying the law. And so we're going to pick up the story here with Simeon and Anna, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Verse 25, if you'll read along with me. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and, when, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. You may be seated. The first characteristic that we see is right away in our text, and that's involving Simeon. And I mentioned taking notes, so you want to jot this down. He was righteous and devout. Righteous and devout. Verse 25 says that there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. And what that word means is that he was somebody who obeyed the law of the Lord. He was a just man, a cautious man. He had a reputation that was very positive about him. And so it's important to me that Luke noted that and said, hey, this is worth sharing. This man was righteous and devout. He obeyed the laws of the land. He did what the Word of God taught him to do. And you know, there's, there's people that you would probably know if I, I don't want you to raise your hands or anything. But if you know somebody that they know what's right to do, but they just don't never do it. They just don't get it. 
How many of you know somebody like that? They, they know what's right, but they just don't seem to get it. They're always making the same mistake after mistake after mistake. And just to give you a hint, if you couldn't think of somebody right then, that might be you. <laughs> but they know what's right. I mean, they know the truth. They, they know what they're supposed to do. But time after time after time, they're making the same mistakes over and over again. Simeon was a man that was righteous. He was devout. He, he not only knew the word of God, he knew the law, but he obeyed it. There's a big difference. I think our churches are filled with people that week after week, they come and they hear a sermon, they go to Bible study, they experience great worship each week. Week after week, they're hearing these things, but they're not applying them to their lives. And, and the word of God was given to us so that we could apply God's truth to, to our everyday action and things that we do. It's not just some good story. It's something that we're supposed to take and, and put it in our hearts and our lives and then flesh it out and apply it and live by the word of God. James 1, James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Last week I was... Uh, cooking a quiche. I do like to cook and enjoy doing that. Any of you like to cook out there? Well, I, I pulled up this recipe online and I was looking at it. And so I was reading the instructions and, and putting it all together. And, you know, it wouldn't have done me any good if I just pulled up a recipe and, and read it. And even if I would have gotten all the stuff out and put it on the counter and, and set it there based on what was on that recipe list, it wouldn't have done me any good if I didn't actually do something and take it and, and apply what was there, put it together, and, and bake the quiche. And so, by the way, it turned out pretty good, didn't it? Um, but you've got to do what the Word of God says. It's not just reading the Word, it's doing what the Word says. Uh, another example of that, I, I heard an acronym that with Bible, B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instruction Before Leaving Earth. Basic Instruction Before Leaving Earth. Pretty good acronym, wouldn't you say? Uh, we need to live by the Word of God. So we see that Simeon is righteous and he's devout. That's the first thing. The second thing we notice in our text is that he was a patient man. Let's look further and see how he was patient. Verse 25 and 26. said, a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous, devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Waiting on the Messiah. Promised that he would not die before seeing him. And ultimately, we know based on this text that his patience and faith was rewarded. He was able to experience seeing Jesus. An interesting thing that's not in the text is we don't know when he was told he wouldn't die. So we do know that he was an older man. But imagine if it had been 20, 30 years ago that he was told that he was not going to die before he saw the Messiah. We don't know. The text doesn't tell us that. What we do know is that he did receive that promise. He did see him. And so God held true to that. And we also know that it demonstrates a significant amount of patience for him to be in the temple and waiting for the Lord, and then God finally bringing him through, Mary and Joseph. Patient man. 
What is something regarding our faith that requires patience on our part? Answer to prayer. What else? What's something that Jesus Christ has promised us as a church? Eternal life. Waiting for him to come back. Amen? Waiting for him to come back. It's kind of like what Simeon was doing. He was waiting on the consolation of Israel, waiting for Jesus to come, waiting for salvation, the Messiah. And we're waiting for Christ to return for his church. Those that have professed the Lord as their Savior and received him and are born again, we have good news. We're waiting on Jesus to return. And we see this promise in Acts 1, 10 and 11. It says, They were looking intently. This is the disciples standing around as Jesus ascended into heaven. The angels come. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken away from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. We have a promise that Jesus is going to return for us. And like Simeon, we, we have to be patient. You know, the, the things that we see, if you watch the news, which I don't watch a lot of news, but I, I watch enough. Uh, the things that we see, man, we, we're facing some opposition. When you take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and, and you commit to live for him, there are things that we're going to face in this world that's going to really require a lot of patience from us to wait on God, to trust God, uh, not to give up hope because we know he's coming back. And that's, that's the truth we can hang on to. We can share that with others that we serve a God, that you know, he's coming back for me. He's coming back for the church, those that are his children, and we'll all be joined together in heaven one day. But in the meantime, we have patience that must be demonstrated from our lives, waiting and standing firm for the Lord. So we see that he was righteous and devout. He was a patient man. Let's look at this next one. <clears throat> He's spirit-filled. Spirit-filled. The Spirit is mentioned three times in these three verses, verse 25, 26, and 27. In verse 25, it says the Spirit is upon him. Verse 26, he heard the Spirit. Verse 27, he obeyed the Spirit. Another interesting fact to me is that Luke thought it significant enough to point out that the Spirit was upon him. How did he know that? The Spirit was upon him. If we were to take and have somebody begin writing about you in this, each of you that are here, they're writing a paragraph about your life. What would they say? Would they say that this person, the Spirit of God is on their life? I think it's important that we realize and, and see that, that Luke points this out. Simeon was a man that had the Spirit of God on his life. He also heard the Spirit. You look at verse 
26, it says, he had been revealed, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. In order to hear the Spirit of God, we have to be in a posture of, of prayer. And I don't know what your prayer life looks like. Only God knows that. But for my life, this is something that the Lord has convicted me of, and I'm working on it because one of the habits that I have as you know, I grew up in church, but a habit that I have is when I go to the Lord in prayer, I do a lot of asking, a lot of talking. You know, not much listening. I'm, I'm mostly talking, asking God for this, that, the other, praising God, yeah, doing that. But, but then it's, it, I find myself going back to requests where I'm saying, Lord, can you do this? Will you do this? Can you help me with this? Lord, will you bless that person? And not that there's anything wrong with that, but in order for Simeon to, to hear the voice of God tell him that he was not going to die before he saw Jesus, he had to be listening. And, and as a habit now, one of the things I try to do when I'm driving, uh, serve at a church in Greensboro, so we live in social circles, so it's about a, about a 35 minute ride, and, and I try to just tune everything out, turn the radio down, and just listen to God. Listen to the Spirit of God and, and ask Him to speak to my life and, and say, God, what are you doing? What, what would you have me to do? And I think that's a, a good posture for us to, to learn from is to, to be in a posture of, of listening to God in prayer, not just always putting out requests. And, and Simeon had to demonstrate that in order to know that he was going to see Jesus. Psalm 46.10 tells us to be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. You know, we are so, so busy. Uh, most Christmas presents were probably electronic for folks this year. And it's lightning speed at the way we can communicate with one another now. And it's just amazing what technology has done. But you would think that with all of that technology, we would be able to manage our time better. But if you're not careful, it can be a distraction and actually pull time and just energy. And so it's... it's time for us to take a break, be still, and know God. And so as part of your prayer life, I want to encourage you to try practicing sitting quiet before the Lord, allowing him to pour himself into you and to lead and guide your steps in life. The other thing about being spirit-filled is that Simeon obeyed the Spirit of God. In verse 27, it says, He was moved by the Spirit. Moved by the Spirit. I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this message. What if, what if Simeon had not been listening and had missed that opportunity? What if he would have been so busy putting out petitions to God and saying, Lord, can you help me with this? Can you do this for my family? Can you do this? That he missed the voice of God saying, go in now. 
What are some things that you might have missed because you've been so busy and preoccupied in life that you weren't listening to the Holy Spirit to move you at a certain time? You know, I think about this church. Pastor Mike, a mentor of mine, and you know, over 20 years ago, he was nudged by the Spirit of God to begin this work called Solid Rock Baptist Church, starting it in his home with just a handful of people. And then you look at where God has brought this church today. You know, if, if Mike would have been so busy that he thought, you know, God, is that really you? Are you sure this is what you want me to do? How many people would it have impacted in a negative way? You know, I think about where I'm at today and, and look at my journey and where God has brought me. And if Solid Rock wasn't here, I don't know where I would be. I, I hope that God would still have called me, but, but I really attribute a lot of this to the obedience of a man being nudged by the Holy Spirit beginning a church, and, and all the lives that have been impacted, the kingdom of God. And, and it's not about Mike. He knows that. It's not about any of us. But obedience to Christ makes tremendous impacts. And because Simeon heard the Spirit of God and was moved by the Spirit of God at the right time, he was able to experience taking Christ in his arms and seeing him and praising him. So he was a man that was spirit-filled, he was righteous and devout. He was patient. And the fourth thing is he was content. You say, what do you, what do you mean he was content? Let's look at verse 29. He says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. He was so content in knowing that Christ, that he had met him, had experienced him. And why was he that content? Verse 30 tells us, because my eyes have seen salvation. I'm going to tell you what, when you experience genuine salvation and you trust the Lord as your Savior, he gives you a peace that you can't describe. Amen? And Simeon said, you know what? I'm ready now. I'm ready to be dismissed. I'm ready to be called home. I have experienced salvation. I've seen Jesus. And I pose this question to you. How content are you in your relationship with Christ? How content are you? I, uh, I didn't share this in the first service, but just feel led to share it now. And so, Lanny Moody, God called him home. Every time that, that I interacted with Lanny, he was always indicating that he was ready to go home. Amen. Content in his relationship with Christ. Church, we, we need to be at a place where we're so content in the Lord that when he does call us home, because for most of us, he probably will, we need to rest in that peace 
And Simeon gives us a great example of that. He says, take me home. Philippians 1.21 tells us, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, every time we talk about death, the, the loss of a loved one or the, the loss of somebody, we don't say gain. We say we lost. We lost somebody. And in fact, we did. But, but think about the person that is a believer that knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and what Paul is writing here. When we go to heaven, man, there is so much that we gain that we can't even begin to comprehend in our human mind. And so Paul is helping us with this. For to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And Simeon, again, displays this contentment in Christ. It reminds me of a song, and if you know it, you can sing along with me this morning. But it simply says, He's all I need. Anybody know that song? He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. Amen. Amen. Let that be our prayer, that he's all we need. Jesus is all we need. So he's righteous and devout. He's patient. He's spirit-filled. He's content in his relationship with Christ. And then here's where we're going to bring Anna into the story. I said two people that we were going to talk about, Simeon and Anna. They were servants. They were servants of the Lord. We see Simeon, Simeon in the temple, uh, verse 27. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms. So here we see Simeon demonstrating this life of service, serving the Lord, administering things in the temple. He's an older man, a wise man. And then jump over to 37, and we can see what Anna's doing. Anna was a, a widow, and the biblical custom was for oftentimes a widow to go and move into the church to stay there and allow the church to minister to them and take care of them uh, that was the the custom and so uh, Anna was obedient in that custom she didn't fight it she chose to do it she was a widow most likely that's what she was doing is living in the temple and there night and day we see that verse 37 until she was 84 she never left the temple but worshiped night and day fasting and praying or administering fastings and prayers and so here we see this woman Anna that is also serving the Lord so Simeon Anna serving God and, and you know when I've been in ministry now uh, 10 little over 10 years full-time and one of the things that that I have heard is uh Different times, people will visit churches, and, and they'll say, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a church that has X. 
I want to go and be a part of a church that does this or has this kind of music or, or whatever. The list goes on and on that we have come up with. And I hate to break this to you, but it's not about you. God did not save you so that you can go around like a, a grocery store and try to shop for the best church that fits your needs. God saved you to serve him, to love him, not out of obligation. You don't serve God because you have to. You serve God because what he's done for your life. And you say, man, I don't want to do anything else but serve the Lord. And so you serve him out of gratitude. There's some of you that are probably here in a, in a group this side that have been sitting and soaking and listening every week and not serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And in order to accomplish what Christ wants to be done for the kingdom of God in any church, you need to plug in and serve. Serve the Lord. We have uh, been a part of the ministries here and thankful for what this church does. Our daughter, Sarah, my youngest one, uh, played softball here this season and uh, or this past season. And one of the neat things that y'all do at the end of the season is you bring in all of the families and, and you do a ceremony, ceremony for them. And so it was uh, interesting to us because there was recognition for an individual that served around the clock. And, and Wanda and I talked about this. We, we noticed that it seemed like every time we were here, this person was here. And that person I'm speaking of, you probably can tell who it is, is Kathy Kennard. Um, even when I was here on staff, she was always here, always seemed to be here. And, and there may be others that are serving the Lord as well, but one of the ones that stood out in preparing this message is Kathy Kennard was a servant. She was somebody that reminded me of an Anna, not as old, but serving the Lord, just sold out to do whatever they can. She's helped in, helped in the nursery and, and just on and on. I mean, she's everywhere. So, so let her be a model, others be a model to us, Anna, Simeon, that we need to be serving the Lord where God has put us. Uh, the next thing we see is that Simeon and Anna were worshipers. They were worshipers. And I love to talk about worshiping God. It's something that, that God called me into to lead people to worship Him and has grown that in my heart and my desire to, to see people praising our, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you can't help to praise and worship Him when you realize what it is that He's done for your life. And so we see in verse 28 that Simeon took Jesus in his arms and he praised God. We see in verse uh, 38 with Anna. She says, it says, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God. And when you do a, a word study on that, gave thanks, what, what that actually means is that she confessed Christ. She's, she confessed the Lord as Savior. And so she's worshiping the Lord. Simeon is worshiping the Lord. And I have the privilege in, in the church 
as I said, in, in leading worship and, and working with the choir ministries and uh, the praise team and the band. And, and uh, this past year, I had a, a sweet lady, um, bless her heart, she couldn't sing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They just can't, they just can't, can't stay on pitch. And uh, she had cancer. And so I, you know, being, being in the ministry, one of the things we're, we're called to do as, as pastors is, is to equip people and to help them to use their gifts for the Lord. And so I, I began to meet with this lady. Uh, she has since gone on to be with the Lord. But I began meeting with her, and I said, hey, Miss, Miss Jeanette, uh, would you be willing to come by the office, you know, the weeks that we're singing our, our special, and, and let me just work with you on pitch and, and try, to, try to get you on as close as we can to, to where you need to be. Because I'm going to tell you what, she didn't care what she sounded like. She was going to sing, and she was going to sing loud. And so when you have somebody... You know, music is made up of chords, and harmoniously they need to fit together or they stand out if you're not in pitch. And bless her heart, she was out there and proud of it. And so I, I worked with her, and I said, you know, we're having trouble keeping you on pitch. And she said, yeah, I know. She was an African-American lady, just sweetheart. She said, I know. Uh, I can't help it. And here's what she said that, that rung my bell. She said, when I get up there and I go over the music, you know, we worked on it and it was good, but when I get up there and I'm in that choir worshiping the Lord, I just lose myself. <sighs> you know who she reminds me of? An example of somebody in God's Word. 2 Samuel 6, 21 and 22. King David had just participated in bringing the ark over. And buddy, he had a showdown of worship in the streets. And his wife wasn't too happy with it. And so she's talking to him saying, man, you... You disgraced yourself the way you worship God. He says, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. How do you worship? Lord. Can I encourage you this morning to be like David, to be like Miss Jeanette and lose yourself worshiping him? Oh, how we need to worship God in spirit and truth. The Bible tells us that he's looking for, Jesus is looking for people in John 4, 23 and 25, 24, looking for people that are worshiping in spirit and truth, seeking that kind of worship. So let him find you losing yourself, worshiping him. The last thing we see is that they were witnesses. 
witness. On Simeon, we see in verse 32 through 35, it says, A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. This child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. He's basically saying Jesus is going to be a light to all people. So he's witnessing and sharing about who Jesus is. And then jump over and look at, look at verse 38 and see how Anna responds to interacting and meeting Jesus. Verse 38 says, Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Sounds pretty much like what we're supposed to be doing. We have the good news, the gospel message of who Jesus is and was. It, more than him coming as a child, he grew into a man to bring redemption to you and I. By us having a personal relationship with him. He went to the cross. He died on the cross. He rose again. Defeating sin. Bringing a bridge between us and our Heavenly Father. So that we can cross that bridge through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we too have been given a commission. To share the gospel. To witness. Matthew 28, 18 and 19 says. Then Jesus came to them. And said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We've been commissioned to go and share with others. How is your witness? How are you doing telling others about Jesus Christ? I mentioned that next week we'll gather around with friends and family and many of you will do the same thing and you will make a resolution to do something in 2014. I want to encourage you to take one of these seven characteristics that we've seen in God's Word and challenge your own life, challenge yourself to be a better person that demonstrates patience, be more spirit-filled, be more content, be a servant in the church that God's placed you in, be a better worshiper of Jesus Christ, and go and witness and tell somebody. Would you bow your